Let me make it uh, crystal clear. There are absolutely no divergences of view on this matter around the table. For every one of us, the future of Greece is clearly within the euro area. Hello and welcome to Planet Money. I'm Fana Jaffe Waltz. I'm Zoe Chase. Today is Tuesday, January 24th. That was Luxembourg Prime Minister Jean-Claude Juncker, you heard at the top. Today, Europe's 11th hour. Yes. And not surprisingly, the 11th hour is the very same place the first hour was, Greece. Greece has borrowed about $250 billion from the world. They cannot pay it back. And for three weeks now, the country has been trying to cut a deal with the people who loaned them that money. We've been wondering for years, who are these people? Are they suckers? Are they brilliant investors? For two years, we have searched for them. Finally, today on the podcast, we find one. Although he wasn't easy to find. Nobody here. <laughs> Hello. So this is what a hedge fund is like. <laughs> this can't be the right place. It says Greylock Capital. Okay. Let's. Should we look down the hall? Yeah. Let's walk in a little bit. We do find a guy who loaned Greece the money, and we talk to him after the indicator. Take it away, Goldstein. Today's Planet Money indicator. 13.9. Mitt Romney's federal income tax rate was 13.9% last year. He made more than $20 million. He paid about $3 million in taxes. This is according to Mitt Romney's tax returns, which his campaign released today. Now, this rate that he paid, it's considerably less than what most other very rich people pay. To pick just two other salient rich people in this context, Newt Gingrich, he had a tax rate of 32%. And President Barack Obama, he paid a rate of 26%. That is a really huge difference. Like another way to think about that is for every dollar that they make, President Obama and Newt Gingrich are paying twice as much in federal taxes as Mitt Romney. Yeah, it's really vast. And, you know, these are all rich people and rich people's tax returns are always very complicated. But if you sort of step back here, there is this one simple idea that really jumps out of this comparison. And that is for people who make a lot of money, Capital gains, which basically means profits from investments, those are taxed at a much lower rate than income. And Mitt Romney, almost all of the money he made was taxed as capital gains. Barack Obama and Newt Gingrich, on the other hand, those guys had a lot of income. Just quick side note, Barack Obama, yes, he is the president, but he actually makes most of his money from book royalties. I know, that's really weird. So we should say the rationale for a lower tax rate on capital gains is that that encourages investment, right? If you're taxed at a lower rate, then you will be encouraged to put your money into investments, and investments are good for the economy overall. Exactly. That, that is definitely the rationale. People who don't like the way things are, they argue that capital gains go mostly to the rich, and so having a low capital gains tax rate unfairly favors the rich. Okay. Thank you, Jacob. Thanks, guys. Onto the podcast. Remember, we left you on a cliffhanger. We're searching for someone. This someone has a lot to do with the European debt crisis, which we've been circling around for years now. We just did an hour-long This American Life about it. And we spent a lot of time focusing on Greece, because Greece has always been at the center of the European debt crisis. This is a really huge week for the country. It is right now trying to negotiate a deal with investors. Greece is trying to get some of its horrifying debt load 
forgiven. And the entire world is watching to see if Europe can pull this off. Every finance minister, every prime minister, President Obama, Treasury Secretary Geithner, I'm certain, are all watching to see if the people who loaned Greece all that money will agree to a deal. And in all our reporting, we've been searching for those people, someone who loaned Greece the money. Who sits across the table from Greece and says, how do we work this out? Yesterday, Zoe, we found him. Hello. Hey. Hi there. Hi. This is the office of Greylock Capital Management. It's a hedge fund. And I have never been to the offices of a hedge fund. And it was nothing like I pictured. I have to say it was kind of disappointing. I thought it was going to be you walk into this carpeted hallway. There's this petite young woman sitting there waiting to just help you with whatever you needed. That was not the situation. <laughs> there was actually nobody there in the front. And we waited around for like 15 minutes searching for who we were supposed to find. At last, the man that we are there to meet emerges. Hi. Hi there. Hi. How are you? Sorry Hi. to shave. I didn't think Radio. And Durhan's Humes, president and CEO of Greylock Capital Management, he's been working on that deal, negotiating with the Greeks about their debt load. And he's definitely been up all night. Can you say exactly where we are right now in the deal? Can you bring us up to date? Um... Why are you rolling your eyes? Well, I'm getting tired of waking up at 2 in the morning uh, to get the latest updates. I'm going to just let you know right now, there's a lot that Hans Humes won't tell us. He won't tell us exactly how much money the Greek government owes him or too many details of exactly how the discussions are progressing. But he does explain the goal of the negotiations to figure out how a country that is broke can somehow pay back the people it lent money to in a polite, everyone stands up and shakes hands and says we have a deal kind of way. Hans Humes is going to lose some money. The question is how much? Well, I mean, you're taking some sort of loss, but it's like how much of a loss do you take? It's like anything else. If somebody um, defaults in a mortgage and bank takes a loss, should they get zero? Well, they get the house. Yeah. Right? yeah. We, we're not going to be able There's this thing called sovereign immunity. You can't go and take the Acropolis, right? You know, what do you get back? This would have been hard enough to figure out in the best of circumstances. And of course, in Greece right now, it is the worst of circumstances. And normally, when you think about a negotiation, you have two sides of the table. And the main conflict is between those two sides. But in this situation, even the people sitting on the same side of the table can't agree. For instance, Hume's side of the table, the people who lent Greece the money. You would have thought they're all kind of the same, right? Yeah, uh, they're they're not. <laughs> it takes a, a lot of work to uh, to get everybody's interests aligned. I mean, think about it. You've got a huge amount of guys who own this stuff with really dissimilar desires in, in the process, and you had people asking for we we want you know seventy cents back. Well, they're saying fifty. You know, what are we going to do? <laughs> when he says seventy cents, think of that as seventy cents on the dollar. So, in other words, you know, do we as investors take? 70% of what Greece owes us, or do we let them pay us just 50%? Whether you want 70% or 50%, it all depends on who you are. And actually, some people on his side don't even want to be paid back at all. So let's go through them. Let's go through the people on Hans's side of the table who lent Greece the money. Okay, so we've got Hans Humes. He's the CEO of an American hedge fund, Greylock Capital. And there are several hedge funds like these that make risky investments. And what Humes cares about is making his money back. 
it's pretty clear. He's not caught up in the health of the euro overall, and he's not really that invested in other euro countries. He just wants to get paid back. Then there are the German banks. They don't want to lose their money either. They've lent a lot of money to Greece, but they also want the euro to stay strong. That's very important to them. So they don't want to take such a hard line against the Greek government. And then there are the Greek banks who probably lent the most money to the Greek government. And the Greek banks may be extremely willing to forgive a large portion of the Greek debt because they want the Greek government to be okay more than they want to make their money back on these particular loans. All these people are on Humes's side of the table, the side that lent money to Greece. And also on this side of the table are people who want the talks to fail. They want the talks to break down because they bought insurance to protect themselves against a Greek default. If that happens, that insurance pays out. This insurance is called, you may have heard of this, a credit default swap. If somebody um, bought a credit default swap on Greece, they want a credit event to occur. They want Greece to default. They, they want what Greece does to be considered a default because then they'll make money. So you're on the same side of the negotiating table as people like that. Yeah, uh, but we're also on the same side of the table probably as people who um, own Greek bonds but also rope protection. Rote protection. That means this poor, unfortunate soul sold someone else insurance in case Greece defaults and they loaned money to Greece. So if Greece defaults on its debt, they lose the money they lent to Greece and they also lose the insurance money that they sold. Oh, okay. So that is one side of the table. That is the side of the table that Hans Hume sits at. There are people who want to make all their money back. There are people who are willing to lose half their money, people who are willing to lose 70% of their money. And there are people who would make money if the entire thing blew up. And there are the people who stand to lose everything twice over. Okay. Now let's move to the other side of the table, the Greek side, which unfortunately is just as messy. Well, it seems like the Greek side of the table. That's the problem. The Greeks are the ones sitting there. They're the people the investors are negotiating with. But the Greeks, they actually have no power to make any decisions. Greece, you remember, is surviving off of international bailouts. So it's not really calling the shots about anything anymore. We asked Hans Humes, who is calling the shots on the Greek side? The European Union, the European Central Bank, there's a European Working Group, there's um, the different representatives of, of the government. So Hans Hume says the investors on his side are negotiating with the Greeks across the table. They'll propose something and then the Greeks say, yeah, that sounds good. We just need to check with... The European Union, the European Central Bank, there's a European Working Group, there's um, the different representatives of, of the government. I've had a feeling a couple times where you're making progress, very tangible progress, and then something will come out from somewhere and you have to sort of go back to the drawing board. You know, we'll home in on something and then it's like, oh, okay, we need to check with so-and-so. All right, let's hold on. We may need a few days to get this together. It's like, ah. We've got investors who want wildly different things, negotiating with a group of people that actually have no power. But miraculously, the investors did come to something of a consensus, something to propose to the Greeks or whoever's in charge. The entire time that we were sitting there with Humes, his phone was in his fist. He kept checking it, just waiting to hear back from the other side. There's just, we're waiting through the last 
This is torturous. <laughs> of course, Humes didn't give us any details of the proposal to the other side, except for a sort of general outline, which is that they're offering to take something like a 50% loss. So they would get paid 50% of the money they're owed over some period of time. This is okay enough. We don't love it, but it's okay enough and it's worse than the alternative. But if, huh? No, sorry. It's better than the alternative. Sorry. (laughs) Freudian. No one wants to lose money, obviously. But the alternative, when Humes thinks about it, really is worse. It's the one outcome that everyone at the table, everyone in Europe, can agree is terrible. No one wants Greece to default. And Greece will default if it doesn't keep getting bailouts. The people who have been giving Greece those bailouts, the European leaders, the International Monetary Fund, have said, we'll keep giving you bailouts as long as this negotiation works. You have to figure out a way to get those investors to forgive some of your debt. And if you don't, we're not going to keep giving you bailouts anymore. If they don't reach a deal and Greece ends up paying out nothing, that's when things could get very scary in Europe. Of course, Greece is not the only country in debt. There are a lot of countries in debt. There are a lot of people across the table from those countries that will wonder if they're going to be paid back. That could mean credit would freeze up entirely. People could just stop lending altogether. And everybody at the table right now negotiating over the Greek debt knows that the risks of failure could be enormous. Everybody knows that, and yet they still may fail. Hans Humes got that call he was waiting for soon after we left. The Greeks, whoever was in charge, rejected their offer. They are back to the drawing board. Zoe, before we end today, can I be the one to give the announcement? Do it. Okay. David Kestenbaum, our very own, has produced another human being. Little Kestenbaum. <laughs> Little Kestenbaum. We're very excited to welcome August Kagan Kestenbaum to the Planet Money family. Welcome, Gus. As always, we want to know what you thought of today's show. You can let us know on our blog, npr.org money. Or send us an email, planetmoney at npr.org. I'm Zoe Chase. And I'm Hannah Jaffe-Walt. Thanks for listening. Seven, two,